We're continuing the importance of the church in community, which is a topic that we're going to cover for the entire month, okay? Minister Tony covered the first session, Pastor Adonis covered last week, and we're going to continue with our third installment today, and then Pastor will follow up, or another guest speaker, someone will follow up next week. And we're going to be reading from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3, 1, 2, and 3, and then we're going to jump down to Ephesians 4, verses 12, to, uh, verses 12 and 13. Amen. Father, we just praise you and we glorify you. And then we'll just a prayer after that. Father, we glorify you, Lord. Amen, amen. And it says this. Therefore, I, prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Then we're going to go down to verses 12 and 13. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service is to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So Heavenly Father, we just praise and we glorify you today, my God. Father, we just submit ourselves to you, Lord. Father, you have been in control of this entire service from beginning, Father, throughout, Father, even before we got here today, you knew what was going to be happening today, Lord God. And we just continue in the process, submitting to you. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Yes. Continue to minister to the brothers and sisters in this congregation today, my God. Father, you know where their needs are, Father. They're not here by accident. No individual is here by accident. Father, you ordained their steps from the beginning and from the, from the, from the foundation of the world, my Lord God. You knew that they were going to be here today. Yes, and Father, we just submit to you, my God, have your way today in this place. Holy Spirit, you speak through us today. We just submit ourselves to you. Have your way, my God, in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You, may you may be seated. Um, so what I wanted to do, actually, I wanted to just recap um, the past two sermons that we've had in the, in the series, just in case anyone missed the last two uh, sermons that took place with this. And Minister so Tony began, um, and he basically, his verses were Matthew 5, 13 through 16, and that speaks about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Okay, we're going to be hearing a lot of things repeated Things that were uh, covered by Minister Tony and Pastor Adonis last week, we're going to continue to repeat because we find that when you repeat something, it finally gets to where it needs to go. It, it, it tends to break because, you know, when ground is solid, okay, when you want to plant something, you've got to break up that ground. You've got to get that ground worked up so that that seed can get inside, take root, and then grow. Okay, so we're going to be repeating stuff to you that is necessary, Okay. But know that it's necessary for your growth, for our growth. For, we, we need one another. And the, the basic thing today is going to be unity and us being the light of the world. Amen. All right? And I forgot that we didn't give the title of our sermon. Amen. Uh, the title of our sermon is God's light in our community. Amen. God's light. Right. Your light. His light. So Minister Tony spoke about how um, we each have to make a decision and our choice, you know, each individual has to make that choice. And we have to go from a surviving church to a thriving church. Okay, and there's three things that he recommended that we do. And we're going to just touch, touch on those three things. The first thing is, first, make up your mind. Make up your mind that that is what you're going to do. Okay, God has brought you here for, you have plan and purpose. Okay, in the body of Christ, if you're here, you, you, you are destined to, to do something great for the Lord. Know that anyone who's with the Lord, you have a plan and purpose, all right? We're here temporarily, but we're, you know we're moving to another place, okay? And the Lord is preparing each and every one of us to make that move. So, but first, you've got to make the decision that you're going to do the work that God has called you to do, okay? Make up your mind. The second thing is, um, he actually spoke about not returning to your vomit, okay? And that basically speaks about being... Staying delivered, and we, we, it was already touched on, on here today. Uh, many have come up. Many who did not come up, you may still be dealing with stuff. Know that it's not too late, okay? Uh, God has plan and purpose for you, but when God delivers you from something, you have to stay delivered. Don't go back to your mess. Once you give it to God, know that you gave it to him. Now, we understand 
at, you know, as a nurse, I know that there's process and healing, okay? Um, and we, the leaders know that you, you, have, you have to go through that process in order to finally amen, amen. convince yourself that God has done the work, mm-hmm. all right? Amen. But stay delivered, stay delivered. The third thing was, you know, protect your stuff. Whatever God has given you, protect that, cherish it, cherish your family, you know? Cherish the gift that God has given you. Cherish that stuff. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. And then this past uh, Sunday, Pastor Doni spoke about us having, uh, you know, sometimes we're in the desert. And let me tell you, if you haven't been to the desert, there's no way that you can grow. I'm sorry. Because it's in the desert that where it's hot and you're in that temperature and you're going through stuff that that stuff that you don't need can finally be taken away from you. Okay? The stuff that is hindering you it's in the fire, okay? When you're going through all your stuff and all your, your tribulations, it's in that place where God finally uh, uh, teaches you how to trust him. Amen. Okay, so going through the desert allows us mm-hmm. to get rid of stuff that we don't need, all that extra baggage. It prepares us for the work that God really wants us to do. And in order to go from this side to the other side, we have got to go through the desert. Now, he made a point last, last week that was key, and he said, how long you stay in the desert is up to you. How long you stay in the desert is up to you. Amen. Amen. We just thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you, Lord. So I'm going to pass it on to God, uh, to Albert, rather. Um, but do understand that he also spoke about faith, being having faith in God, knowing that God will bring you. And I'm going to be giving you scriptures throughout as we speak, as, as the Spirit of God leads us. Um, but uh, like again, you will have this as a PDF on the, on the website. Amen. Okay. How, w- how are we doing today? Good. Are we good? We're really good? Yeah. All right. Remember, remember I'm, a, I'm a cop. I can read people, you know? I mean, I can read people. Listen, um, you know, it is an honor and it is a privilege to even be up here and, and to be among family and friends because... Um, you know, it's 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 very humbling. You know, we take we take this very serious being up here because every one of you is going to get an opportunity to do that. Don't even uh, don't even look at it as not possible. But um, you know, I, I want to talk about just just one area where she talked about the desert. And um, you see, God God would never allow you to go through something that He has not done Himself. I want, you to, I want you to receive this. God will not allow you to go into a circumstance, a situation that he alone has not done himself. Did Jesus go through the desert? All right. He had to. He didn't have to get baptized, but we all know he's a son of God, son of man, 100% man, 100% uh, you know, you know, God, but then he had to place his divinity aside. So, you know, it's an awesome sacrifice. And um, in the desert, you know, you're in, you're in an empty place where, um, I don't know if you've ever been in the desert, um, you know, it's um, not, a, not a pretty sight, you know. It's, it's hot like, like there is no tomorrow, and it's cold like, like anything else. But it's a place where you're there in the silence. Just you, yourself, and your stuff. And who else is there? Think of Jesus. God is there, his father, and the devil. So you're going to be dealing with those circumstances, you know. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into the proverbial, the angel and the little devil on, on your shoulder, but that's, that's all cartoonish and all that. But there's a choice that we have to make. We all have to go through. It's a process. It's a purging of the things that are inside of us. But also, in the desert, there are two things that are going to happen, and it's our choice. It's either we are going to leave there through salvation, even though there was one salvation done, and this is for all mankind through the... Uh, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, but it's also, we go through a period of salvation. You know, in other words, we have been delivered through circumstances. So it's either we're going through, are, are we going to leave the desert in a, in a salvation way? In other words, you've been saved. Or you're going to stay in your desolation. Are you going to stay in your isolation, your desolation? Because there's a lot of people on this planet that, oh, you look at them and they have it all, but inside they're the most loneliest people on the planet. Because the one thing that is missing, and if you ask a person, you have everything, right? Oh, yeah, this thing is coming off of me. Um, you ask a person, what is missing? And I say, you ever thought about, you know, you have everything you ever have, but there's always something missing. And that, that void, only God can fill. Only God can fill that. So everything, you know, everything is carnal, right? 
But what I want to get into is basically um, in, in this installment, in terms of um, the importance of the church in the uh, community, we have to understand, you know, what is the church? Who is the church? But the importance of the church in the community series is like a precious gem, a diamond, right? I, 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 I look at this series that Pastor put together, and of course every month is going to be a you know, different series, but this series, it's very paramount because we need to understand, you know, in, in, order, in order for us to go where God, in, you know, in terms of uh, Christ, is taking us with the church, we need to understand the condition of the church, where we're at. And these last two uh, sermons, really, I don't know about you, but it hit me, hit me in my gut. You ever hit, get punched in the gut? Knock the wind out of you. I mean, really knock the wind. And, and yeah, it, it sounds like, you know, you know, like Pastor Don say, hey, you got to do this. And he's yelling and all that because it, God is saying, wake up. God is saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're all churched up. We're all, I mean, if I had like a little scanner to show people, we're all obese in the spirit. We're all fat. We're all, you know, you know, you know, little muffin tops and all that. We're all over the place spiritually. We're so full of God's word. In other words, we're so full of the meat that we're not willing to share it with someone who is starving for God. And this is where we have to go. So I mentioned this series as a gem, right? We know what gems are. They're precious stones, you know, and they come in all different sizes. But I want to talk about a diamond, right? Some of you know what, what we're talking about, right? In other words, uh, who are my married people? Marry, engage, want to be engaged and all that, right? So in other words, we guys, right? In order to, for us to put this rock on our, you know, our, our beloved future wife, right, our, 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 you know, our whole, as I say, the 100% of our marriage and all that, we had to learn how to pick a diamond, right? So a diamond, we had to learn about what? The four C's, right? And what are the four C's? Clarity, cut, clarity, and what? Color, color and carriage. carriage. So we got cut. Meaning that, okay, some of you, I know some of you guys are saying, come on, Al, tell me, tell me, how do I pick a diamond? Well, one, yeah, you know, diamonds are, are rare, and some of them are basically they're priceless if you were to look at it. But then mankind says, oh, yeah, well, this is $2, this is $10,000, 10, all that. But cut, we're talking about a brilliant cut, a pear-shaped cut, a diamond cut, a emerald cut, there's a, there's a princess cut, I mean, the baguettes, and, I mean, you can go, ugh. And then the color, right? The color, you got yellow ones. Now they, now they got Jared chocolate diamonds. <laughs> chocolate diamonds. I mean, great. And then we got clarity and how clear this thing, in other words, clarity, when we talk about VVS, a very, very, in other words, uh, what, what, what is the, the imperfections of a diamond? And then we have carrot, the weight of it. But the one I'm going to choose to describe the church is the clarity. But we need to focus on a clear, undistorted understanding of what the church is defined as. And here's the thing. I mean, this is, you look, you know, we're preaching, and this is, this is more of a teacher. I'm more of a teacher than a preacher, but we're going to go through this. Now, can anybody define, in your own words, what is a church? Anybody? What is the church defined? What is the definition of the te textbook definition of a church? Anyone? Huh? Community of God. I like that. What else? Body of Christ. What else? Bride of Christ. Bride of Christ. Ooh, I, ooh, boy, we came very biblical. That is great. I love that. Only a Christian can come up with that answer. What else? The ooh, the people. I like that. If you want to get really, you know, into that, the people. What about the building? It's just a shell. It's the only us will know that, right? Everyone in the city, everyone in the world knows of the church. Well, we go to the church, there's Catholic church, there's Pentecost. In other words, it's a house of worship, right? But let me read you the definition from the Wikipedia. Free encyclopedia. I love that. Say free, free. Church is, and this is according to the Wikipedia free encyclopedia, the church is a Christian religious institution. And it's not true because I don't consider us religious. We are the faith, right? But it is a, a, when you think of the church, it is Christian. You know, when you think of the church, okay, we have other institutions. We have mosques. We have the uh, synagogues and everything else. But it says here, a place of worship, a group of worshipers. Now, here's one for you theologians. And I know a lot of you have been through, you know, a lot of the um, universities and, of course, uh, the impact and school of ministry. But can anyone tell me where in the Bible the word church is first used? 
where did the first, where did the word church use and who used it? Can anybody? Everybody's like, where's Al going with this? Because there is one place. And I, I, I know you know, please, don't, don't. He's, he, look at, he's busting in the seams. You got to look at him. Look, it's like, Ugh. yes, yes, my sister. Well, they do mention, I'm talking about the first time. Let's look at chronologically, first time. Yes. Mm, yeah, but not the first. It's not the first. I'm talking about the word church. Church, come on, come on. Yes. Okay. Let's go there. Matthew 16, 18. And I'm going to read this from the Amplify. And I tell you, you are Peter in Greek, Petros, a large piece of rock. And the rock, on this rock, Petra, meaning the huge rock of Gibraltar, because um, this is another sermon. Everyone thinks that Peter is the rock that the church has built. No, the rock is who? Jesus, okay, so it says, see, on this rock, I, not Albania, right? Jesus, I will build my, with a capital N, my church, and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment to hold out against it. And this is very key, very key. This is the first time Jesus mentions my church. My church. My church. Not what we see in the natural and what people have perpetrated. My church. On this rock, me, the cornerstone, I will build my church. And this is how, and this is to encourage you because, you know, we get beat up. The church gets beat up. But guess what? It says here that the gates, hell. All the powers of hell shall not overpower. That means you and I have power. We, have, we are overcomers. We are powerful that those dark forces will never overpower it. You see, as, as, Liz, as Liz was praying, you know, praying, you know, I knew that there were dark forces that came through that door. And you know what I told them? You know the door. Let it hit you on the way out. Right? You know that. So I want you to encourage you because sometimes, you know, we go back and, you know, yes, when God repeats himself, look, God is going to, you know, if you look at scripture, God is going to repeat himself time and time again in different facets. And when God is repeating himself, see, a lot of people don't like, oh, yeah, wow, you're, you're repeating yourself. You're repetitious. You're repeating yourself. I, I know that. I've been there, done that. Then, then why are we not advancing in the kingdom of God? Why are we not advancing in the kingdom of God? And it's not to throw it at you because this is for me oh yeah you know albania minister has not arrived let me tell you i'm just barely scraping it just barely i'm not even there man you know i'm I, i'm still telling god hey what do you want from me but the fact is that we need to understand what the church is now let's talk about community right now, yes, we go into a building. It's four blocks away, three blocks away, one block over, you know, like that commercial, right? So we're going to go to this church building, and it's ours. I love that word. It's ours. It's not rented. It's ours, which means that we have no excuses when we get there, and we have a lot of work to do, a lot of work. Everybody, you know, I, I, see, I see a lot of ministries that are going to come out of this church right here, a lot of them, and some of them that we haven't even thought about it. In other words, we kind of thought about it, but then God said, they're waiting for you. You have the gifts. Use it, right? You got the gifts. Use it, right? Now, let's look at community. Now, what is the definition of a community? We should know this. At least have an idea. Say that. Say louder, sister. I like that. I like that. A fellowship, right? What else? Anyone? I like that. Mmm, juicy. Come on. All right. Say that. Neighborhood of friends. A neighborhood or neighborhoods, right? Right? Network, right? Okay. Well, this is the Web Merriam-Webster Dictionary, right? Everybody's going to say, mmm, let's see this one. One, it's a unified body of individuals. I love that. Unified. 
not about you and me and you do your thing, I do my thing. It's unified. I'll keep that word in the back of your mind, unified. Number two, the people with common interests living in a particular area. Right? Some of you answer. Why don't you answer that? Three, an interacting, I like that, interacting population of various kinds of individuals in a common location. That's, that's New York, you know? And the last one is a group linked by a common policy, a common vision, a common goal. It describes the, um, the Christian community. We're together because we share a common vision, common goal, because we follow a savior, a God who has delivered us. That's why we're called the Christians, the Christians, the people that follow every aspect of God through Christ Jesus. But here's one. Let's look at the word community. I see three words in there. Spell it in your head. Visualize it, right? There are three words in community. Commune, right? We commune. Community is one by itself. Unity. I like that. So we got community, commune, and unity. Three words. The first word is community. The second one is commune. And the last one is unity. Three words in itself. I like that. It's like God, triune. Triune. Think about it. Wow. I love it. I don't know about you. Now, can anybody give me the definition of that community? Forget about unity. It's, 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 well, actually, no, no, no. Let me, let, me, let me go backwards. What is the definition of unity? What do you, th what do you believe that unity is or comprised of? Huh? Being one. Okay. What else? Agreement. I like that. Agreement. What else? One and a quarter. Now here's the Merriam-Webster dictionary on that. The state of being in full agreement. That was said here. Here's one. A condition of harmony. Three. The quality or state of being made one, as in the word unification. You see, God is about unity. God is about unification. When, 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 Adam, and, and when Adam was in the garden with, 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 with the Lord, of course, you know, Eve was there also. That relationship was a unity. It wasn't in division. Of course, we know what happened after the, um, you know, the fall. But there is a unity. And God is a God of unity and relationship. And he is. And we have to be that way. Now, Liz, could you read me the Psalms? Uh, if you could go into Psalms 133.1. And this is the one verse that I love that really comprise of the word unity. Psalm 133 verse 1 reads as such. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Wow. Amen. How good and pleasant it is for brothers to well. And when we say brothers, we, we're talking about, you know, Mankind. men and women, you know, mm -hmm. to dwell together in unity. You see, God desires that. Mm -hmm. God loves it when we come together in unity instead of going against each other. It's, about, it's not about me, myself, and I. It's about us collectively for one goal. We see this throughout in the history of the Bible, how unity plays an important role in the purposes of, of establishing God's kingdom on earth. Look what happened to the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. You know, I call them the Babylonians. you know, the Babylonians. you know, they just babble, the babble. And in other words, their, their focus, yes, there was unity. Oh, yes, I never seen unity like that. Everyone's together and building a tower. And we could make towers. Look what happened to the towers downtown. You know, it's sad that they had to go that way. But the tower was built in unity, but their focus was they were not in unity with the Lord, with God. That's why God had to separate them. 
divide them on purpose. And God is not into division, but sometimes he has to do it on purpose to separate us from our mess, to separate us from our circumstances. Sometimes God has to isolate you. And sometimes you don't want to go to that desert, but he'll just pick you up and he'll just shove you right into that desert. I just want to interject here one second. Um, um, when we are with the Lord, we have to be careful when we use the word isolation because mm -hmm. God does not want us to be isolated exactly. from one another. Isolation is very different from solitude. Okay, Isolation means emptiness. You're, you're, there's nothing. Is, you're empty, whereas solitude... It's, you're actually full. You're in a place where you're ready to receive. You're, you're, you're separating yourself to be able to receive, okay, to then be able to give out. So you're, you're in a place of solitude where you're waiting on the Lord. You're meditating on the Lord. Prayer is speaking to God, but also waiting to, for God to, to, to speak back to you. And you can only do that if you're in solitude, if you're quiet before the Lord. So understand this too, this isolation is very different from solitude. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. So we talked about what is a church. We talked about what is a community and unity. I had to take you there and, and just basically break it into simplest elements because we need to understand who we are. Who we are. We know we're the church. We know who we were called to serve. We need to really understand who we are. And echoing pretty much what Pastor Donis mentioned you need to know who you are in Christ mm -hmm. we need to know do you believe who you're called to be yes it's a process we've all been hurt believe me I have a rap sheet when I say a rap sheet of, of offenses that were done to me and some of these things I allow these things to happen because I didn't know any better because I was focusing on a false light a false direction. And the world is full of these false people, prophets, evangelists. And I'm talking about people that claim to be those things. And I'm, I'm, I'm going there because, you know, there's a lot of distraction out there. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to know your word. I'm serious. You need to know this. And please do not give me the excuses that, oh, I'm not like you or, or a theologian or that because... Because uh, Elder's testimony, he was, he, was, he was a man that <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't even speak well. But yet God used him. Just like Moses. Moses was a stutterer. I mean, we know Moses' story. So I'm not even going to go there. But I'm saying that we have to do this. This is a process, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't come overnight. The only way that you're going to get further into the kingdom of God, in, ter in terms of where we're at in the church, we have to do this daily. Yep. It's not easy. Believe me. I struggle with this myself because there's so many distractions out there. But you have to get into it. And the answers to our existence, the answers of where God sees you, it's in this book. And this is the truth, the way and the light. It is what it is. If you doubt this book, even one ounce of it, then it's going to be a problem. Whose word, whose report you are listening to? But now, let's talk about the true nature of the church. What was Jesus, what was, what was Jesus thinking about when he said, uh, on this rock I built my church? What was the whole purpose of establishing a church? Salvation, yes. Foundation, oh, beautiful. A legacy that lives on. Like, like um, Elder Ross says, 12 men turned the world upside down. Fanatics, yeah, I'm a fanatic, man. I'm a Jesus freak. A fanatic, that's what a, that's what a fanatic is. You're a fan. Be a fan of God. It says here, the church and the community are one in unity. When Christ, and I want you to really get this into your soul. The church and the community are one in unity when Christ is at the center there are many houses of worship out there, but Christ is not at the center. We put ourselves in the center. And, and, and the Bible, and this is a whole other service, the Bible is filled with, with the accounts of people that were appointed by God, but yet their, their, their direction was for themselves. 
self-glorification. When That's we a, yeah. When we go into the book of Revelations, when he speaks, when, when, when John wrote about the Laodicean church, mm -hmm. understand that they were a very thriving community. And when you read it, you, uh, and ministers, the ministers have touched on this throughout the past two weeks that we've been here. Um, they were a thriving community. Okay, They had a whole lot to offer. They had a medical school. They had everything there, thriving. But what they did not have at the center was the Lord. They were very self-sufficient, very into themselves, very prideful. And we know what happens with pride. We've read constantly, you know, how pride comes before the fall. So they were a very prideful community of people. They are still today the, the, the lands where that, that town, that, the community, that, that city, it's totally in ruins to this day. Totally in ruins to this day. But they were thriving at one time. And what did the word of God say, in, you know, in Revelation, is that he would spit them out. They were sitting on the fence. They would sow into themselves. They did it. They did it. They had all the, it was them and nothing else, just them. But we know that in order for us to succeed, it's got to be Christ. And don't think that you will not get to that place where you won't think that either. Because let me tell you, to be truthful and honest, all right, we're humans, we're going to think that we can do it on our own, but let me tell you, my brother and my sister, be very careful when you get to that place. And when you see yourself there, automatically say, you know, cry out to God, God, help me. Because in Philippians, Philippians 1.6 tells us that he who began a good work in you will bring it to fruition. He will complete the work. So this is to encourage you. This is to encourage you. God who created the work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ. Okay? So we have not received, we have not arrived rather. We are still getting there and we're going to still be processed. We're still going to be going through stuff until the, the day the Lord returns to get us. The thing is to stand. The thing is to be able to encourage the brother and the sister that's beside you. The brother and sister that's coming through those doors. I mean, we're going to be getting, I mean, we have not even begun to see the things that we're going to be having to deal with, the people that are going to be coming, hurting through those doors. But we do know something. We know our mess. And we know where God brought us from. And that is our testimony that is going to help them. Okay? So know that it is in knowing who is our center that is going to be the key. Okay? Amen. Amen. Yes, it is, it is a process, ladies and gentlemen. And it's a wonderful process. Because if I was to speak of my testimony, my God, next month is going to be 11 years for Liz and I in Calvary. 11 years. And I've known of God as you know, and, and, and please forgive me. I, I'm I'm not I'm not putting the Catholic Church on, on on a chopping block, but you know we all have our we all have our beginnings, our foundation. My my religious foundation, my doctrines were of you know the Catholic Church, and you know baptize the confirmations, everything else like that. But but as you grow, as you as God reveals His light, His wisdom, His illumination. And when we start to see clearly, clearly, in other words, when we have, our eyes are set upon him, we're going to get a revelation that we're going to be able to see the truth as opposed of a false truth. There are many people out there that, that, that I'm telling you, some of, I, and I hate to say this, I love them and I pray, I pray for them. There are many people in the cloth, in the clergy that have a good, have a good sales pitch because if you don't know this word, you don't know if it's being twisted, like like Mr. Tony, the uh, the what was it, the uh, the preachers of L.A. Oh man, when he told me that, it's like you know, it's it's what was that? It's it's harder for uh, it's it's harder for a camel to go. It's easier, right? Well, we know we we know what we meant, right? It's easier for a camel, but what the preachers say was harder for the camel to go through. And if you didn't know that, and, and I know that, when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> I said, my soul just went, my, my spirit just went, that's wrong. That is wrong. 
Of course, I was contained. I know he wanted to say it. Like, you, know, you, you ever sat there and someone just bold-faced lied about something that you know, your conviction? And you say, no, that's not what it says. But the enemy is very crafty. The devil is still using the most powerful, illusional tactic. And, 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 and he prides himself because we are so suckered into playing into his game. And that is the word doubt. The enemy will always question, did God really say that? Or in the devil, well, you know, every demon, they, they know this word. They know it. And they'll just flip it back at you. And if you don't know what it says for yourself... Wow. But now, remember, I, I talked about the church. Now, here's where we know the true purpose of, of Christ's church. Christ's church on earth. Get this. Try Christ's church on earth. It's called the kingdom of God. The living church on earth is the kingdom of God. Some of you are saying, well, the kingdom of God is in heaven. Yes, it is. But where do we really see this? Where does Christ really convey that to us? Remember uh, what was said earlier, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't know what to pray. And the people at that time said, Lord, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to pray to God. How do I pray to the almighty God? How do I pray to your father? How do I pray to him? And it's in Matthew 6.10. I'm just going to read that little area, that little part. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The purpose of Christ's church that started with 12 men that represents everyone here. They weren't perfect. They were a mess. And we are a mess. But it's the kind of mess that you know something that God chose you. So you know something. And the reason why, you know, God won't even ridicule us because he see, he knows who we are. He knows who we are. And you need to know who you are. Because what does the Lord's Prayer say? Our Father. Not our God. Our Father. So if he's our Father, who are we to this God that calls Himself, our Father. We are His sons and daughters of the Spirit. This body is just basically a representation of everything that God created on this earth. You need to know. See, when, when see a lot of us, we go through uh, this world, this world, and and we, we we're trying to figure out, you know, who we are. We're trying to figure out who we are, and then we, we, we come up with these fake names, these, 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 these aliases upon aliases and aliases. Yes, I know I'm Albania, but that's what my parents named me. My surname is Bonilla. That's from my father. Yes, I am the product of two biological beings that, that God created, and those beings were created in his image as we are. So when you look upon God, look at him as your father. Yes, it's good to call him God, but call him your father. And what will a father not do for his child? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Look, I understand. Some of us here, including me, look, my father's great, but there's a lot of areas that he really screwed up. But I can't blame him anymore because I made my peace. I've forgiven him. You know why? Because he can only be the type of father that his father was able to impart upon him. That's why when we impart ourselves upon our children, we have to be very careful what we are imparting upon themselves. That's why Christ, when he imparted himself upon mankind and in ourselves, he created this church. A community in unity. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. This is the kingdom of God. Jesus often, if you, know, if you read his words, and all, he often spoke about the kingdom more than anything else. If you put my kingdom first, if you put my kingdom first, then all that you desire and ask will be given as well. I mean, it's not that he's going to give you the, the winning numbers of the lotto and the mega ball, but he's going to give you exactly what you need to thrive and survive. And to live a spiritual Christian life. Not a life of this world. 
brothers and sisters, you need to, you need, you need to take, take this into your heart. Really, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm already shaking on the inside because this is some powerful stuff. God is telling you, you know who you are. Why do you doubt yourself? Who cares what happened to you in the past? The past is the past. I'm a police officer. When I arrest somebody, I go to jail. But, but, but they come out, some of them. But when they do come out, they're out of bondage. They're, they're, they're delivered. Some of them are delivered even in the prison cells. They, 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 you know, they, they become saved. And some of them become saved and they stay there for the rest of, of their lives. Though they are free. No, no. Though they are prison in the physical, but they're free in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Understand we, that. We bring healing too. We bring healing. Um, forgiveness, very important key. Mighty key. If, when the Lord taught them how to pray, that's one of the things that he mentioned. Okay? <coughs> if we cannot forgive, the Father cannot forgive us. Okay? And I'm, I'm absolutely positive. I have no doubt that there are many of us here, of course, that have been hurt. We carry a lot, around a lot of stuff. Um, but we're to, if we're to be the light of the world, we have to be able to teach someone how to get over their stuff too. Okay? Um, my, our backgrounds, we, we speak about we're here, but we, I mean, my, 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 my minister, my co-laborers know my background, my relationship with my father. Okay, but it took, it took observing, observing how they dealt with their father that taught me how to deal with mine. So we are the examples for those that are going to be coming. We have had our mess, but listen, our testimony speaks a lot. Our lives will be encouragement to many that are coming through. If it wasn't for this couple here, I would not have had a relationship with my father. I would not have been able to advance in life because I would have still been stuck in my mess, in my pain, in my unforgiveness against my father. And I love my father. You guys know I love my father. Um, he, many, he passed away on June 20th um, after uh, illness. But um, I thank God that I was able to learn to forgive, to develop that, that relationship with my father again, to be able to be there for him. But I learned it in observing my brother and my sister. Amen. We are the light of the world. Amen. Okay? God's light will reflect in and through us to illuminate the, 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 the way for someone else. Amen. Amen. Praise you. Thank you, But Lord. the goal, the goal of Christ building his church on the earth, establishing a, a physical kingdom, in other words, uh, it's physical, but it's more spiritually based than physical. But the goal is, remember I talked about the four C's of a diamond. These are the four C's of what Christ wants with this church on the earth. The four C's, if you want to write this down. When you bridge the community and the church as one, it is a Christ-centered church community. Get it? Christ-centered church community. Mm -hmm. Christ-centered church community. We have the church. We are the church. Is the community Christ-centered? It's up to us. Are we going to be in our own little bless me clubs, glass huts, where the light is contained inside? And getting into the light because it is about being the light of the community, which is the, uh, the title of our sermon And when this happens, we see in Matthew, I want you to go to Matthew 5, chapter 5, 14 and 15. And I'll read this. If you have it, say amen. Amen. You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. 
the word of God says that we are the salt and light of the earth. As Minister Tony mentioned in the first installment of this series, that is key. We are the light. Now, we cannot produce, make light on ourselves. We, you know, light bulb and all that. Only God is the light. But we become the reflector of that light. The light that is supposed to be within each and every one of us. How can we give light to those when we are either in darkness or we have the light of the Lord, but we keep it under our beds. We put a shade upon it. We are well lit. We are well lit. But others need to be illuminated. They need a revelation. I want to read something here. And of course, later on, we'll, when we post it on the site, we'll give you all the PDFs and all that. I'm going to read this to you. Light in the physical world has the property of revealing things and showing us things so that we can see where we are going. So light in the physical, yes. We have light here. If we turned everything off, it's kind of hard to write our notes and to see and to see what we're looking at. And especially at night, if you're driving, you know how dark it gets in those country roads. You don't have the HID lights, the Halligan lights. It's like, oh my God, you know, there goes that deer. I didn't see it. Maybe we need light. Light reveals what is true, what, is, what really exists out there. We know that there are things in the dark, but we need light to reveal. And sometimes we need light so that we could get away from those things that will hurt us. But it says here, in the spiritual, now we talked about the physical light. In the spiritual, Jesus reveals things about people that they would rather leave hidden. So the light of the Lord will expose things that we choose to hide. You see, we, you, I can fool you, you can fool me, but you cannot fool God. God will expose those things when his light is upon you. That's a beautiful thing. I, I want God to always expose those things. And forgive me, God, if I've hidden anything from you. Forgive me. I want you to expose those things so, my, so your light can shine through me, so I can be a beacon to those who are in darkness. And that is key because that building is one thing. That building is beautiful. And it, it, we could be walking in that neighborhood right now, but there is darkness. Yes, there's light, you know, solar light and everything else, but there's darkness. People walking out there, walking down the street. You know, I had it, man. I'm just going to just electrocute myself in a bathtub. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna eat those those those, those pills, you know. I'm just I'm just gonna jump in front of the next train. Or I can't stand my daughter or my, my wife. I'm just gonna just blow their brains out. There are people out there. There are people out there that are hurting people. They need our light. I'm going to go ahead because we're running out of time. Light is illumination and revelation. To be in the light of the world, to be the light of the world that Jesus calls each of us to be, we must allow Jesus' light to be in us so that we may shine and reflect his light onto the world. You have to allow that. You have to. It really, it really it grieves me. It grieves me when I see a brother and sister, when I see somebody. And no matter what you say, they're so deep in their darkness. They don't even see your light. That's dark. That is dark. That is so dark. It is vital to be the light in the community so that they will spiritually see God's holy truth. The gospel so that they too become God's beacon of light to direct them out of their darkness and into his restorative light. Light is rest restoration. Even in medicine, and Liz will tell you, you know, they use light to restore you know, certain things in the skin. And, you know, this light. Simple light. The result is healing. What, what do we get out of this? The result is healing. Forgiveness, love, salvation, deliverance, 
Faith and knowing who God is to you and knowing who you are to him, which is identity. Amen. You should never walk out of here with any doubt of who you are. Yes, I know who you are, your names. Maybe I don't know your names, but that's, that, that may be important, not important to me. But who are you? I know who you are to me. You're my spiritual brother and sister. We are of the same DNA, God's DNA. The body's different, you know, you know. But we are the same. The world really knows what a true Christian is. They want to see authenticity. Mm -hmm. Oh, they know what a Christian is. Even uh, the self-proclaimed atheist, which I don't believe an atheist is born an atheist. Uh, to me, an atheist, in my, not my opinion, my truth, is someone that knew of God and just basically gave up. And they'll do anything to discredit the Lord. And that's the enemy. And I come against that. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I come against that. Amen. God is God. I, you know, I am what I am. You know, it is what it is. The world really knows what a true Christian is, yes. But they want to see authenticity. The, what they want to see is the biblical New Testament Christian that Jesus commanded to preach the gospel, the good news to the entire world. She's telling me, wrap it up. So, in closing, and there's something else I'm going to put up there. In closing, we have to meet the community's needs so that the community and its church will become a Christ-centered church community that will never be hidden, but seen as a beacon of light for a darkened world to see. We have to do that. If you can cue the um, video, this video is, is great. I love it. It speaks to me. I, I hear it even when I'm sleeping together everything that has been spoken of exactly thus far and i love music videos amen yes i woke up this morning saw a world full of trouble now i thought how do we ever get so far down and How's it ever gonna turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did.
the lights. So we have to do something. I was searching my, um, my iPhone for something because it, it's too bad I can't find it, but that's okay because I'm going to paraphrase it. How many of us use Facebook or any social media? And I'm going to ask the next question. Don't raise your hand. Are you using it for God? If you are, beautiful. If you're not, do it. I want to commend Minister Julio Maldonado back there. Why? Because, you know, we all know what he's going through, what he's been through and everything else. But, you know, God is, is encouraging him because he is the light of the world. And even it, what seems bleak to others, he is a light. And He's always sending messages, you know, biblical messages. I get these texts. I get all that. Even Eileen Pacheco, you know, who's, you know, who's, who's, who's a sister in our church, you know, who lost a beautiful man, you know, who was her husband, you know, Henry. Uh, she sends these little quotes, spiritual quotes of the day. And what I've been doing is just taking what he's been giving me that encourages me. And I've been putting it on Facebook. And one of the uh, one of the uh, one of my friends who was a, uh, a retired police officer, she said, "Al, I want to thank you. I want to thank you f um, for sending these um, these quotes, these scriptures, because it has brought a healing into my life. And now I am seeing what God's you know grace. In other words, she's learning scripture. She's learning. She says, I never thought." That in scripture that I can find my healing. That's powerful. And it's humbling. I said, wow. And all I had to do is, like the video says, I did something. We have to do something. Let me tell you something. It would hurt is to go throughout this world and be a Christian. And you're just a Christian by just word, but not by works. We got to put our hand to the plow. So uh, to end this, you know, um, I know we have an altar call, and I'm not going to get into having everyone come up here. The only thing I'm going to ask is if you are not saved, if, you are, if, you're, if, you're Jesus, if Jesus, the Son of God, is not your personal Savior, and if you have doubts in that, you don't have to come up. You can come up. It's, you know, you can do it at your seat, but you need to reaffirm that faith you need to tell the lord that i am your child like matthew west i love him you know he has a beautiful song called uh, i am a child of the one true king i've been saved i've been set free amazing grace it's the song i sing i am the child of the one true king God bless you, and, and um, I, I just pray for each and every one of you because there's, there's, there's greatness in each and every one of you. God has deposited beautiful gifts that you can't even put an eternal price on it. Act on those gifts, please. Someone is waiting for your light. Someone is waiting. You are the answer to someone else. God created doors. God has placed doors into this world for his love to walk through. And you are one of those doors. That is, that is a lyric from a song. It's a beautiful. What's out there? You are a door to someone's salvation. God bless you.